You may be seated. Thank you, singers. Thank you, musicians. We appreciate it. Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 9? Contend earnestly for the faith. You know, if it's a struggle, that's a good thing because it shows you that you're still in the battle. I don't know if you, you heard that, but I'll say it again. If there's no struggle, it means you're not in the battle. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. Fought a good fight. Amen. I want to give you some tools and some resources in the next few moments on how we could contend for the faith, on how we can agonize and fight the good fight of faith, how we could walk in faith in, in our need and our struggle and our difficulty. Um, I'm preaching to myself this morning because I, like you, also um, face challenges. I know you don't think so. I know you think I just you know, get beamed down from heaven on Sunday morning and then I'm beamed back up to heaven and I have no problems. But I too am in a battle. I too need this truth and I'm preaching to you out of my own experience and I'm preaching to you to encourage you from the word of God. So buckle up, get ready. How many of you are ready to hear the word of God? How many of you are ready to receive the word of God? It's, that means you have to humble yourself this morning. You have to lay aside some things and receive the word of God with humility and say, Lord, it's me who's standing in the need of this word. It's me that needs to hear from you. Not my neighbor, not someone that's not here, not someone else, but it's me. Turn to the person next to you say, it's me. I don't know what you're saying under that mask. All right, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 to 26. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came. We know from the other uh, gospels in Mark and Luke, this is Jarius. A ruler came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died and come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. So did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. And he said to them, make room, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the, into all into the land. I want to look at a few uh, thoughts, a few principles from this passage of scripture on how, um, on how we can overcome and, and our struggle to believe and what, what can we do right now or what can we do to live out uh, our faith in a real tangible way to overcome. Number one in this passage of scripture, I see in verse 18, it says that the ruler Jarius by name, as we know from the other gospels, it says he came and he worshiped him. He worshiped. 
This morning, I want you to understand something. What we do at the beginning of our service is not a preliminary. It's not just something we do to take up some time and then get into the word of God, but it is part and parcel. It is part of the whole of what is critical as believers that we learn how to worship God. To worship is to ascribe worth We are ascribing worth or worthiness to our God. You see, in heaven right now, there is no obstruction. There is no partial vision or partial sight. In heaven, there is complete awareness of how great God is. And there is worship and there is praise. Divine, holy, pure, great Beings, angelic hosts, celestial beings, cherubim, seraphim, these great and glorious creatures are in heaven and there's no obstruction, there's no limitation. And what are they doing? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. There are glorified saints, there are believers who are in heaven in glorified bodies and again, No obstruction, no hindrances, no distractions. And what are they doing? They're just crying out, worthy is the lamb. They're worshiping. What did Jesus pray? He said, let there be, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you and I, we are to worship as it is in heaven. We are to come into the house of God and we are to worship Jesus, we're to bow down, and that word worship means, in one, one uh, uh, phrase of the word, or one usage of the word, is to prostrate oneself. We understand that God is holy, God is worthy, God is worth our worship. We just came through the Christmas season, and we understand, we hear the story of the wise men. We don't know how many there were, and I want to just let you know that a lot of our uh, Christmas displays, our Christmas cards are all wrong, because there were no wise men at the manger. The Bible says they came to a house, and it was probably a year, a year and a half later, the Bible says they saw a star. And they followed that star from the east. That journey was not by a plane. It was not by a train. It was not a quick. You could be today, you could be from one place to another in a matter of six, eight, ten hours. You could be halfway around the world in 15, 20 hours. But back then, the travel was by a donkey, was by a horse, was by a camel, and would have taken months. Think of the time. You know, we, a lot of times in the Christmas story, what will we focus on? We'll focus on the wise men coming and giving gold, frankincense, and myrrh, in which they did, and they worshiped Jesus. But I want you to understand their worship was not limited to that one act. Their worship was a part and parcel of their whole life. It was months of travel, expending time and energy and resources. Why? Because they believed that he who was born was special. 
They saw his star. They knew something different. They knew something awesome, something great. And so they loaded up their caravan and traveled for months. I want you to understand that we cheapen the gospel. We cheapen worship when we limit it to a few minutes on a Sunday morning. And some people don't even do that on a Sunday morning. We have to clap, we have to push, we have to challenge, we have to get out the pom-poms and try to get people to worship. Think of, of, of this story. Here is a man, Jarius, he has a, a daughter that's dying or, or has died and, and here he is and what does he do? He comes and worships. I want you to understand if you're going to get God's attention, God's mercies go to those who reverence him. Amen? If you want God's attention, if you, want, if you need something, you have to learn there is a protocol. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter into his courts with praise. You see, in our struggle to believe, a lot of times we're all guilty of this. We're focusing on our problem. We're focusing on what's wrong. We're focusing on what the issues are. And we're all prone to this because we live in a world of sight and sense and sound. And, and, and we walk by, this, by that instead of by faith. And, and again, we all struggle with this. I struggle with this. It gets overwhelming at times. And we know the story of Peter when he was in that that boat on the Sea of Galilee and that great storm came and the wind and the waves were beating and Jesus comes walking to them. And what does Peter say? Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He comes, what does he do? He begins to walk on the water. When I've, I've been on the Sea of Galilee probably five or four or five times and I've always thought of this story and I've looked at that water and I said, Peter walked on this. But not just the still waters, he walked on stormy waters until the Bible says he began to look at the wind and the waves. And what happened? He began to sink. But as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. And that, that truth is relevant to us, to you and I this morning. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. So what am I saying? In our struggle of faith, worship is critical. That's why we do what we do on a Sunday morning, but it's not limited to a Sunday morning. You know what? Part of it through the week. Some of you can't worship on a Sunday morning because you don't worship on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday morning, and you don't even prepare for Sunday morning. Okay, I'm going to move on. Turn to the person next to you say, oh, good, he's going to move on. But I challenge you to prepare for worship. Prepare your heart. Prepare your mind. Prepare yourself, even Saturday. What did he do? He worshiped. Number two. How do, we, how do we contend for the faith? How do, we, how do we deal with the struggle of faith? Speak life. Speak life. Look at verse 18. He said, my daughter has just died, but you come and lay your hand on her and she will live. God help us. God help me. We need to speak life. I know the struggle is hard sometimes. It's hard to believe when, when we're believing for things and we think it's a miracle and the miracle goes in reverse. Has anybody ever had a miracle go in reverse? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? You begin to see something happening and you think this is it. And you begin and all of a sudden it goes in reverse. But you're still called to speak life. And I know it's not easy, and, and, but it's critical that, that, that we, we, we understand this because of our human nature and affected by sin and affected by our own life, we can tend to become critical, negative, hopeless, lifeless. We know what does Proverbs say, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Have you ever met negative people? You know, I think we've all been guilty of this. You know, you, you, you talk to somebody who's got a sickness. I was talking to somebody recently, and, and I'm just confessing this. Is it okay if I, if I confess? Amen, will you forgive me? Talking to someone, and they, they told me of their problem, and right away, I, but I caught myself, so give me a little credit. Right away, I said to them, well, you know, somebody, I know somebody who had that, and they, they ended up with a, in the hospital. And I caught myself, and I'm, did you, ever, did you ever do that? Did you ever talk to somebody? You tell them, oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. You could die from that. What are we doing? What are we saying? We've got to speak life. She will live, he said. If you will touch her, she will live. If God will work, we'll make it through. If God will touch the situation, there'll be a miracle. You know, some people are just so negative. Story is told of, of these two friends. It's not a true story, so, I gotta, so you don't get confused theologically. But they, they go out fishing, and, and one was always negative. They always saw the dark side. They always saw the negative thing. They, 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 they never were positive. And, and the other, the friend knew that about him, so he brought his dog, and his dog was an amazing dog. And they're out on the lake, and, 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 and they're, they're, they're fishing. They're shooting for ducks. They're doing all this thing. And, and they shoot a duck, and, and the duck falls in the water. And, and the positive uh, friend there... His dog was amazing. His dog could walk on water. So his dog got out of the boat, told him, go get the duck. He ran on the water, got the duck, came back into the, to the boat. The negative friend, he, the positive friend was just waiting to see what's the reaction. The negative friend said, see, I told you, that dog can't even swim. <laughs> oh, we saw something negative. We need to speak life. The psalmist said, I will live and not die, that I might proclaim the praises of God. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. I want to just show you a video clip that I came across this week that just speaks so powerfully of someone speaking life. This was in the news this past week. If you can just put that up there. Given one of the best gifts she's ever received. It wasn't from a loved one, though, but a stranger. NBC 10 Sam Reed shows us something good. 27-year-old Tori Barish of Blackstone is happy and healthy this holiday season. But for the past six months, things were stressful, to say the least. So I was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer. 
in July. Several chemotherapy treatments later, she's in remission, but completing radiation. It was taking a toll on me, and I lost all my hair, and I didn't really feel like myself. And a little more than a week ago, she finally gathered enough energy to go Christmas shopping at the Emerald Square Mall in North Attleboro. So I'm walking around the mall, and I have a big winter hat on because I'm kind of embarrassed about the fact that I'm bald. I mean, I'm not going to lie. And I see these hair straighteners, and they're all beautiful colors. And I'm kind of, like, side-eyeing them because I'm like, oh, my God, I miss doing my hair. Angel Juarez of Providence was selling them at his kiosk. The 25-year-old has been a salesman since he was 16. There's something not good at. And noticed Tori took an interest in his high-end hair products. I seen her looking at the kiosk. Now she looks interested, so I walk towards her. It takes two seconds to be like, ha-ha, I saw you like looking at it. Not knowing that underneath her hat she was bald, he began asking questions about how she would style her hair. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't have hair at the moment. I had cancer, so... He, I think he noticed that I said I had cancer. And he was like, oh, you had cancer. So did you beat it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Angel says a sense of inspiration came over him. The one thing we got to be good to people because you never know what they're going through. So he opened his drawer and offered her this hair straightener as a gift. I let her choose the color that she wanted. And I told her hair for you for when your hair goes back. Just to uplift and, you know, give her hope. Her hair's going to go back. I was like speechless and trying not to immediately be like crying. After a quick hug goodbye, Tori ran to her car and began blogging about the act of kindness on TikTok. All I wanted was him to know if that TikTok ever came across him was how thankful I was that he did that for me. The post went viral with about 2 million views and thousands of comments commending the salesman. Eventually, it reached him. And when I seen the video, I was like, goodness, he really did hit her and touched her. But it was all out of love. Soon, all of Tori's hair will grow back, and she anxiously awaits the day she can use the best gift she's ever got. Or in this case, both of the gifts. It's not It's not what I'm losing. It's what I'm gaining for her. Like, he made me feel the best that I have in, in a while. Showing you something good. I'm Sam Reed. What did he do? He spoke. He spoke life. He brought encouragement. May we also do the same. Amen. Thirdly, how can we work in the struggle of faith? We have to close the door on negativity. Close the door on negativity. Look down at verse 25. This is Jesus. But when the crowd was put outside, when the crowd was put outside, in, in my study of this, I found out in, in Jewish culture of the first century, uh, it was part of their, their, their custom that even the poorest of the poor were required to hire two uh, flute players and one uh, professional mourner. So they would, there was the loud uh, uh, sound of the, of the flute and the, the weep, uh, the, the wailing of one of the professional mourners. That was the, the, that was the poorest of the poor. Jarius was a ruler of the synagogue, a man of means, so he probably had several, there were several mourners, several flute, pre, uh, flute players. There was quite, quite a lot going on at that house. So there was, that would not have been easy. It wouldn't have been just quickly, can you all leave? They had to push them out or somebody had a whistle, get everybody's attention and say, out. The Bible tells us in, in the other um, 
stories from, from the other gospels, the other perspective of Ma, uh, Mark and Luke, that Jesus, I don't know if it says it in this one. Um, no, in the other, Mark and Luke, it says Jesus allowed Peter, James, and John to come in with him. So imagine back then if you were a disciple, right, and Jesus is going to go into that room to pray. So he's going to put out all the negativity. He's going to put out all the unbelief. And he's only going to allow Peter, James, and John to come in with him. So my question, look at me. So my question is, is he going to choose? Are you going to be one of them? Would you have been one of them? He didn't allow all of his disciples in because what he was about to do necessitated a level of faith that not everyone had. So what am I saying? I'm, let's contend this year to level, rise up to another level of faith. I can go to another level. You can go to another level. We all can go to another level of faith. We have not been perfected. We have not, you know, got to the finish line yet. We are still in process. There's still a struggle, but there's more faith that all of us can grow in. Can you say amen this morning? How do we do that? We get in the word. We get in a life group. Hello? You know, I, I, was, I was talking to somebody or reading something somewhere. I forgot what it was, but just talking about uh, people who just backslide or, or are not engaged. And, and the article was saying it's because they're not in, a, in a, a Bible study and they're not in a ministry. Hello? You need... In this struggle of faith, you need to be a part of something where your, your faith is going to be strengthened. We've got to close. There's a time in, in our life where, you know, we have to silence and close the door on discouragement and negativity. There are unbelieving voices. Let me just say this to you. It is important. The people you let in and the people you keep out in your moment of crisis, in your moment of struggle, in the greatest of need, you have to learn who is allowed in and who's not allowed in. You say, that don't sound too kind. I mean, some of you are too kind. You're even kind to the devil. Hello? Some of you are people pleasers. Don't please the devil. Don't go that far. Jesus was willing to say, no, 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 I'm sorry. Out, you come in. Oh, come on. Do we know better than Jesus? Are we kinder than Jesus? Jesus said, no, 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 no. He wasn't afraid to offend somebody. He said, no, no, just Peter, James, and John. What I'm about to do, I need a level of faith that not all of you have. It's okay. You get over it. Don't get it. You'll get over the offense. Don't pour me. Woe is me. No, 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 no. Just grow in faith, and next time you'll be invited in. Hello, how many of you are still with me? How many of you still love me? You see, it's important. When you're in having a struggle to believe, you need people around you that are going to speak life and are going to speak faith and are not going to be negative. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived. The people you hang around will either bring you down or they'll bring you up. As a matter of fact, it's a lot easier. If I, had, if I stood here and had somebody pull me down, I, you don't have to be that strong. It's easy to be pulled down. 
But for me to pull somebody up, it's a lot harder. So you have to be careful because it's easy to be pulled down by people. So, so we have to understand that who you hang around with will determine the, tra the trajectory of your life. Are they people of faith or people of the flesh? There'll be people who will try to get in your ear. Oh, why do you go to that church? I was offended there back in 1992. <laughs> Did you know what they said to me? Get over it. Let's move on. It's 30 years ago. It's 2022. And you're still hanging with people who are still bringing up how they were offended 30 years ago. Don't look at me like that. I know it to be true. I've heard stories. <laughs> oh, why don't you come out with us? You need to chill a little bit. Let's go to a club. Let's have a few drinks. It's been rough. It's been a tough year. You need to chill. Why? You don't need to go to church that often. Come out with us. You need to chill a bit. Have a few drinks. You'll feel better. Or maybe you sit and you watch the housewives of New York, New Jersey, Salt Lake City, Orange County, housewives of Egypt, housewives of Israel, housewives of... And, 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 and you learn how to treat your husband how they treat their husbands. That's not a good example. That's not a good way to learn. Come on, come on. Just because it's on TV and just because they got money and because, because they've had, they got a lot of money to have a lot, of, a lot of nips and tucks and facelifts. Just because they might look pretty and they, they've got fancy cars. It don't mean they're a role model. Oh, but you say, Pastor, why even bother saying this? Because believe me, the stories I hear, people think that that's like, that's an example. That's garbage. That's foolishness. See, it's important who you're around. We're in a struggle to believe. You know, we need to be with others that are, that are striving to believe, struggling to believe, contending for the faith. Not just anybody, not just anybody you hang with, but those that are striving, those that are contending. See, this morning, we need to close the door on 2021. What did Jesus say? Do not be afraid, only believe. What does that mean? We have to feed our faith and starve our fears. Feed your faith and starve your fears. There's a lot of fear I was so grateful that there was a, a, good, a good clip on TV because they just put like a one, two minute, three minute good news clip. Everything else is bad news because unfortunately good news doesn't sell. And all of media is driven by fear. There's one, one program, and I'm not getting political, I'm just stating a fact. There's one news station, all they have up on the side of their screen is how many people have died from COVID and how many people are sick with COVID. Okay, it's good to know. I, I, I check. I, got, I get facts, but I'm not going to focus on that every day. How many people are dying and how many people got COVID? God help us. We need to be getting in the word of God. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates once in a while. No, no, he meditates regularly. Day and night. This man shall be blessed. All right, one last thought and I'm done. Push through distractions. Push through. 
distractions. A great multitude, it says in verse 25, followed him and thronged him. So what was going on? There were crowds, there were multitudes, people pushing and shovel, shoving. It's easy to get off track, but you and I need to keep our eyes on the prize this morning. Keep our eyes on what we're believing for. See, this man, Jarius, he's on his way with Jesus to his home, and there's a woman who comes, and she's got a need too, and, and God's gonna minister to her need. And you know what? You know what? Jarius could have got offended. Jarius could have said, hey, lady, listen, I got a problem. Could you step out of the way? One of the commentators, I love what he said, you know, the problem wasn't with the woman, the problem was with Jarius. How's he going to deal with this distraction? Is he going to get offended? Is he going to get an attitude? Is he going to get angry because she got in the way? No, the Bible says he just kept moving forward. Just kept moving forward. He contended earnestly for the faith this morning. This morning, I want to challenge you. Push through discouragements. Push through the fear of man. Push through the lies of the devil. You see, when God's people are about to enter the promised land, God instructed them through Joshua, say, keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. That was the presence of God. He says, because you've not passed this way before. What I want to challenge you this morning is contend earnestly during this fast for what is critical, what is important in the plan and the purpose of God. What am I saying is, we need to contend earnestly for revival. We need to contend earnestly for miracles. We need to contend earnestly that lives are dramatically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to contend earnestly for souls, that people will come to faith like never before. That we will become disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. It is time that we come up to another level. There is a fight. There is a struggle. We need to exert energy. And part of that is as we begin the new year through prayer and fasting. As Pastor Mike said, none of us like to fast. Uh, the Bible says the flesh is weak, but the spirit's willing. Amen. When I think of a fast, there is that struggle. <laughs> My flesh is weak. Don't look at me like that. You all look like you, you've enjoyed yourself over the holidays. The flesh is weak, but the spirit of God in us, the spirit wants the things of God, wants the, 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 the presence of God and all that God has to offer. Would you stand together with me this morning? Are you struggling to believe today? Is there a struggle? That's a good thing. This morning... We are called, we are exhorted through Jude, contend earnestly. This is no joke. This is something, some of us, 2022, we need to step up another level. We need to hear and heed the command of the word of God. Jude saying, contend earnestly. He started out in a course, he was about to say something, and then he pivots. And he says, you know what, I was going to write to you this, but I feel... I feel constrained in my spirit to tell you to contend earnestly. Why? Because there are, there are false teachers that are creeping in. There's false doctrine. There are, there are ideologies. There are cultural tsunamis that are coming against the church, trying to get us off track. We're not going to make it unless we contend earnestly. I know the struggle is real. I'm a fellow struggler. But you know what? God will give us grace. 
as we trust him this morning. Would you pray? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for the scriptures. God, I pray even now, whatever lack of communication of this prayer and fasting time, whatever uh, the holidays have unsettled, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would touch and speak to hearts in this place today like never before concerning the challenge to contend for the faith, even through prayer and fasting. God, those that are watching by live stream, God, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to their hearts. I pray there would be such a unity, such a one accordness, there would be such a ground swell of response that many, many, many people would respond, young and old alike, to pray, to fast, to contend earnestly. And God, I pray for the Holy Spirit's help. God, I pray for the grace to do this, God. God, our flesh cannot do it. Our own ability, our own strength cannot do it. We don't want mere willpower. We want God's enablement. We want the grace of God to be with us. God, bless this fast like none other because you said that the, the, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. We believe you saved the best wine for last. God, do it again this year. Bless this fast. We consecrate it. We consecrate ourselves to you, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow as we begin five days of prayer and fasting. In Jesus' name, amen.